Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for you all. On this week's podcast, I catch up with Jill Baird and Gabriella Williamson, who are the Managing Director and Patient Care Coordinator at Cosmedicare. Cosmedicare is a private healthcare and cosmetic surgery brand that very much so puts the welfare of their patients before profit. In this podcast, we chat about ways in which the cosmetic industry has changed over the years, with a massive influence from social media channels like Instagram, the crazy risks people are taking by going abroad for cheaper treatments, and why Cosmedicare has become a leader by focusing on educating, empowering and informing their clients whilst maintaining ethics and aesthetics. Skincare, including a chat on how momager extraordinaire Kris Jenner maintains her look and the fact that Cosmedicare are becoming known to be the go-to people for complex surgery is also covered. Jill and Gabriella are setting up GGC Consultancy Nights, covering women's health and all invasive and non-invasive treatments that they offer, with the aim of answering any questions members may have. The dates mentioned in the podcast are set to change, and GGC will share the dates very soon, enabling you to email the Cosmedicare team to get on the guest list. This month, we will also be getting together for a live in the GGC Facebook group, allowing for any members of the group to ask the girls questions direct. Stay tuned for further details on this. So without further ado, over to Jill and Gabriella. So hello ladies. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the GGC podcast. Thank you very much for having us. So we connected a while ago and I am bowled over by your expertise and knowledge in your field. Why don't we start with you guys introducing yourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Jill Beard. I founded Cosmedicare back in 2016 but I've been in this industry for 10 years prior to that, a background in hospital management um, and I started Cosmedicare really because I didn't like what I was seeing elsewhere. Okay. I'd had surgery elsewhere personally and I thought things could be done just a wee bit better. Um, my name's Gabriela. Um, I'm patient coordinator for Cosmedicare and I've done this job for about eight years now. Okay. Um, started off as a part-time uni job and another clinic decided that the uni degree was fine but I liked, I liked working in a patient kind of care capacity so just did that, known Jill for but 10 years, yeah. so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been um, doing this quite some time in different clinics and then joined Cosmedicare last year, so it's been a, a busy year for us, definitely. Oh, <laughs> wow, right, we're, we're going to get into everything that you guys do, mm-hmm. but let's have a wee chat about your backgrounds firstly, mm-hmm. before we get, so like Jill, especially your journey to creating Cosmedicare, because you've been in the health industry for a, a long time. Yeah, um, both in the public and the private sector. So um, way back, I, I started off in health and beauty um, management. I don't have any medical qualifications. I'm not a beauty therapist. I, I would never touch a patient. I'm yep. the last person you want touching you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do know about management and protocols and pathways and yeah. all the sort of things that, that come along in the background with it. Um, so I was involved in a cosmetic clinic in Glasgow a couple of years ago um, and then went on to um, medical management within the NHS in Glasgow. I was in Sandyford for a good wee while um, and then went to manage a private hospital through in Edinburgh. And I knew the surgeons, I'd known these surgeons for a long, long time and at that point people used to phone up the hospitals um, and get an appointment with a surgeon and they would they would go along and I found myself 
talking to these patients more and more, mm-hmm. more than I would speak to the eye patients that were coming in for eye surgery or the patients that were coming in for um, scans mm-hmm. and yeah. MRIs and everything else. And I knew a lot about this industry. It's something that I've always been passionate about and mm-hmm. decided, you know, I'm going to make a completely different pathway for the hospital. Um, so I did that and it took off and um, the surgeons that I wanted to work with me, we all sat down together and I said, I'm going to do this. And it had never been done before. Nobody, non-medical, had ever started a, 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 a company like this. Yep. And I wanted to do things very differently. So again, that was a different thing yes. um, for, for this industry to experience as well. But it's uh, I'm really pleased with how it's went. And I think it's it's created a, a very different pathway for, for women in particular. Well, we do see men, but it's most commonly women that we yep. see. And that's something that I'm, I'm really pleased about. Amazing. So cosmetic—it's it's more than cosmetic surgery, though, isn't it? That's that's obviously a massive part. But you guys do so much yeah. for patients. So let's let's chat about all the different things that you guys offer, which I know is extensive. Yeah. But just so that people actually know, like the the absolute extent of things they can yeah. come to you yeah. guys for. So if we start off with like the least invasive procedures, we've got yep. private GP service uh, that's led up by Dr. Tarina Dixon, who has been an NHS GP for decades. Tarina won't mind me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and has, has worked privately for probably about 10 years as well. Um, she is a dermatology specialist, so she sees everything to do with men's health, women's health. Um, she's a specialist in vasectomy. She's done over a thousand vasectomies. Wow. Um, that's a lot, lot to take on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, she's got very gentle hands um, and she's fantastic. So she sees everybody for any medical conditions. She does referrals on to specialists, um, fitness for work certificates, so travel visas, anybody that's that's looking for a licence to, to work abroad and things like that. She encompasses that whole service. Okay. Um, we all do um, contraception, sexual health. Yeah. Um, we do smears under sedation because that's, okay. a, that's a market that we found that people were, were looking for. And really, I think we found that because people felt comfortable opening up to us. Yeah. Saying, look, I really need to get this done, but I'm petrified. Is there yeah. anything that we can do? That, might, that seems to be getting even yeah. bigger and bigger when you hear of people that just don't go okay, because really? they're so scared. I ran a, a whole campaign when I was in Sandyford to try and get people to not fear the, the smear, so yeah. to speak. But doesn't really seem to matter what we were doing at that point. I think if somebody's got a mental block in their head, yep. they simply can't go over it. It's almost like if you're going to the dentist. Yeah. Um. So if you can have sedation and it takes that element away and you can literally block out and not know what's happening for the time it takes to do that and then you get the safety and your results in a safe clinical environment, then it's, yep. it's worth it. Could it could literally save your life. life. Exactly. Uh-huh. It definitely can. It gives you peace of mind as well. Um. Then in the non-surgical aspects, we do all the Botox and fillers. Um, non-surgical treatments um, yep. we do some in-house other things we partner up with Francis Turner Trail okay we did that because we want to be the best in the business at what we offer yeah and I think in the market today there's so many different people offering these services whether they're qualified not qualified nurses doctors surgeons and I've got my own views on that I'm sure we'll touch on it later yes. but we believe that Francis offers the, the best service available for the non-surgical side. Yep. So we refer all patients to, to Francis in Glasgow. Okay. Um, and in Edinburgh, we've got another doctor, Dr. Zarin O'Brien, who's also fantastic at what she does. Okay, brilliant. So, so it means that we are able, particularly if people come to us for facial treatments, you might be thinking that you need a facelift, but really a silhouette soft or a non-surgical intervention would be better for you. Yeah. So we're able to refer you to someone that would look after you and make sure that you're going to get a good service and a good outcome there okay. as well. Brilliant. 
Then on the surgical side, we do all face, breast, body and intimate procedures. Okay. Um, with consultant plastic and reconstructive surgeons. They all hold consultant NHS posts. Um, they've all been operating privately for more than five years, which is important. Yeah. Um, they've got very good technical skills, but they've also got good patient care skills as well. So they're human. You can have a conversation with them. So important. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the most important things when mm-hmm. you're looking to, to recruit on another surgeon. And I've done my secret shoppers around some of the surgeons as well. Yeah, I think every surgeon in Scotland's seen my boobs at one point or another. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but then you have actually yeah. personally vetted no, definitely. the surgeons yeah. that are on your books. Yeah, because I wouldn't my my understanding of how to provide a good service is not to provide a service that you wouldn't be happy with yourself. Yeah. I've had surgery with my own surgeons. Yeah. Um and for the procedures that I haven't had, if I needed those procedures, I would be comfortable having them with the surgeons yeah. that are on our team. Yeah. We are very lucky with how nice our consultants yeah. are. Yeah. We're very Lovely. lucky. Because I think both Gabrielle and I can say that we've, we've spoke with a, a diverse group of surgeons yes. in yes. our um, many years of doing this and they're not all the easiest to work with yeah. or leave you feeling good about yourself. Mm. As a way of being honest about things without being yeah. somebody feeling really crap about themselves. Yeah. People <laughs> tend to come to us because they feel at their lowest in terms of self-esteem, in terms of, of confidence. You know, they want to, to change something about themselves to make themselves feel better. Yeah. And what they don't need is to leave that consultation feeling deflated and, no. you know, feeling worse. And that has something, again, you'll speak with this still as well, you know, we've seen it happen firsthand yeah. with other consultants. And that's something that we are, you know, we're very lucky with with our team that we never that concern. Yeah. know that as much as our team are quite straight talking, you know, yeah. the surgeons will never dance around anything. Yeah. They always are quite sincere they're quite compassionate and they understand the patient's feeling in it and I don't know whether that comes from the NHS side of things okay. you know for the fact that they are all NHS surgeons yeah. they all deal with that complexity of patients day in and day out you know they're they're very understanding so. yeah I think the, the level of experience that they've got as well and the things that they deal with in the NHS um it really puts things into perspective but they they are used to dealing with emotions um so we've got some burn specialists on yeah. the team um Will Anderson, he does a lot of reconstructive surgery for people post-cancer um, treatment. Okay. Um, he also, when I say we offer intimate surgery, as in restructuring mm-hmm. um, labiaplasties, vaginoplasties, on the NHS, he does this for people that have had either cancerous experiences and have to have excisions or they've had really traumatic childbirths. Yeah. That is something that can be completely life-changing for a woman. And the last thing you want to be doing is coming into a surgeon who's making you feel uncomfortable and then being very direct about what they're going to do with no empathy there no. and understanding. No, um, no human like yeah, no kind human. of element to yeah, it rather than, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because over the, the four years that, that I've been working with, with our team, and I've been working with them longer than that, but the four years in the Cosmedicare setup, um, we've all said how much we've actually learned from each other because when I was saying that the pathway being slightly different, we very much handhold our patients all the way through. So, See, this is what I love about Cosmedicare. Because this, for me, it sounds completely unique as to all the other... I know there's lots of companies that do it. Yeah. I myself have had experience with uh, cosmetic surgery. And that was just not part of it, getting this personal hands-on, being able to phone, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm concerned. Talk us through the kind of patient journey from someone coming to you with something to then them getting the surgery and the aftercare. So... We get a lot of 
referrals from previous patients. So they yeah. kind of know what to expect. But if you take it from somebody that's never had anything, doesn't know anyone that's had any surgery from us, they've either heard us on the radio or yeah. they've found us online or they've found us in one of the forums and that happens quite frequently. Yeah. Um, they'll either call up or send an email and you can sometimes you can have loads of information in this email. Yeah. And other times you can just have, this is my problem mm-hmm. and that's it. So we they get an automatic email straight back just outlining because Medicare who we are what yeah. we do what to can I expect and then we call them usually usually that day or the next day unless it's unless it's a weekend and I think that's where we set ourselves apart right at the beginning it's yeah. about creating a personal connection with the person yeah. that you're speaking to and then yeah. the phone and really understanding what is it that they are concerned about where are they at at the moment what are they thinking about doing and then can I explain their options to them. Um, so we get basic information whilst we're on the phone about where they're at, what procedure they're interested in, have they got kids, What's, yep. what are they looking to amend, um, and then they usually from that stage come in for a free consultation. Mm-hmm. At this point, we let everybody know everything we do is completely free of charge, mm-hmm. right up until you decide you want to have surgery. The reason we've done that is because we want people to be able to shop around, so to speak. We want them to be able to come and go as many times as they feel without yep. having to put their hand in their pocket, to get to know us, get to know the consultants, speak to our previous patients and find out, right, okay, what was that procedure like? What's that surgeon like? What are they two like to deal with? Yes. Um, and it's a no-holds-barred access to our other patients, which I'll speak about a bit more. So come in for a free consultation. At that, we meet face-to-face. Yeah. And that kind of gives a different element to it. So you're meeting the people, i.e. me and Gabriella, who are going to be with you all the way through your, your journey, yep. right up to the day of surgery. We're there, holding your hand, or in the theatre. Yep. We're there. That's that's invaluable. Yeah, like that's invaluable because nobody knows if if they've not had surgery what's actually going to be happening. So we'll go through your medical history. Yeah, although we're not medical qualified, we know what red flags to look for. If you're on any medication, you might need a GP summary. So we give you the heads up about that before you think about coming to see a surgeon. Um, a lot of the times women have had babies before they're coming to us, and we speak to them about how long after breastfeeding they need to be leaving things to wait. Okay. Weight loss is something that comes up quite frequently because ladies' weights fluctuate, fluctuate if they're looking to lose weight, put on weight. Yeah. We talk about what weight you need to be for for surgery, um, and then we offer three D scans. Again, we're one of the few places that do this. So tell us about these three D scans then, because. This so is, the, wow. the, the 3D scans I came across a couple of years ago uh, and nobody was using them at that point. Um, basically what happens is when you come for a 3D scan, we use them for breast and facial procedures. Yep. Um, most commonly in the facial procedures, it's rhinoplasty, so that's a nose job. Okay. Because um, I think they're most effective for that procedure. Yep. Um, but my personal opinion on it is the breast augmentation, whether that's an uplift reduction, implant, they are fantastic for that. Yes. Because most commonly, nobody really knows where they want to be in terms of size. No, they don't no. want to be too big. They don't want to be too small. They can't really envisage what things will look like when it's pulled up and yep. where it's supposed to be. And I think as well, people come in sometimes with just a random size. Oh, I want to be a, a 34 double D or an E. And they've got this tiny frame that, you know, yeah, maybe another size will fit them better. And, yeah. and I think it's just sometimes it's the idea of it, not so much mm. the actual visual. So I think yeah. having the scan is fantastic. Yeah. It, it kind of gets a realisation of, right, okay, that's how it would look. How mm. would you feel? Yes. And it's, it, it is good for, a, for an imaging tool, most definitely. It's really it's So would you take a picture, say if it was like breast augmentation surgery, would you take a picture of the woman's chest yes, naked and then... Wait, so I'll talk you through how this happens okay, because brilliant. this is something else that people are really quite apprehensive about yeah. if you've got an insecurity and I've, I've been 
overweight. I've got a gastric band. I put my hands up and face up to everything. When you're insecure about something, the last thing you want to do is walk into a room and with a strange person, whip your top off, whip your brow off, and stand there against a white wall with your hands and your hips for somebody to scan around you. Yep. It takes literally a minute. Yeah. But that minute can be excruciating for some people. Yeah. So that's why it's important to build that relationship before you get there. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's the first date nerves almost. Yes. So we make sure that you're feeling really comfortable before we get to that point. We show you other people's scans that have allowed us to, to so, show yeah. other people's scans so you know exactly what to expect. Yeah. Um. So the scan literally takes about a minute to do and then what it allows us to do is adjust, um, either put implants in, mm-hmm. take implants out, take volume away, move the nipples, show what scarring would look like, show you all your options, and we send that home with you. That's so, um, it's so clever. Yes, it's a fantastic tool. So yeah. clever, especially with <clears throat> breast surgery, because it's the sizing, isn't it? And Because yeah. it works yeah. as it's centiliters. It's, it's like, CCs. CCs. Yeah. So this is yeah. another thing, when Gabriella was talking about coming in and not really knowing what's the right size for your frame and thinking about, okay, I want to be a D cup, an E cup, yeah. Yeah. whatever, you will also get another group of patients that will come in and say, well, my friend's got 490cc implants, and you go, right, that's great on your friend, yeah. but you're, it's not just Completely about your frame, yeah. it's about how much breast tissue you've got there already, what your breast diameters are, yeah. what is going to physically fit in there. Yeah. Um, and look good as well, most importantly, because, yeah, you know, yeah. the surgeons with all the will in the world can size up, size up, size up, but do you know what, see if the actual you know what the end result it looks yeah. terrible you know yeah. it's the patient that's going to then suffer and it's all just because that sometimes patients find themselves in these forums and you know they get these pieces of misinformation that yeah. they're then sizing up to a point mm-hmm. that they don't even want to go to themselves you know yeah. but it's just about yeah. us advising them really that is yeah. the, and obviously the consultant kind of leading the, the yeah. chat on the sizing and talking about risks as well i mean the bigger you go on an implant if you've, if you've got a larger frame, you've got a larger breast capacity, then yes, of course, you can take a larger implant, that's yep. fine. But if you're standard size and you don't have an awful lot of, of breast tissue there, mm-hmm. if you've got a big massive implant in there, one, it's not going to look right, it's going to look like two boulders stuck on your chest. Yes. You're at higher risk of having rippling, which basically means you can see the bottom of the implant through your skin because there's not enough breast tissue to cover that. Yep. There's a higher risk that you'll get capsular contracture, which is a tightening and misformation of the scar tissue around the, the breast. You'll potentially get that faster. So you're yeah. not going to get as long out of these as yeah. what you would get if you just went for the right size for you. Yes. It's like buying a wedding dress four sizes too small. You really need to think, yeah. is this actually what yeah, I want to uh-huh. be? Yeah, I want to put myself in that exactly. position. Exactly. And the thing is as well, the bigger your boobs, the bigger you go and implant, like the potentially sore you're going to get your back. Exactly. Like it's all these other like the day to day of having these much bigger boobs is going to really affect you. And I think you. as well, obviously this is something that, that patients maybe don't realise as well, but they tend to come to us because they feel they can't wear certain types of clothes because they feel uncomfortable just yes. now. What we tend to say to them as well is if you go too far too big, you'll find yourself uncomfortable in clothes in a different way. Yes, you know, it's, so it's about balance. Because yeah. Yeah. what you don't want to do is, is feel like you don't have the capacity to wear that backless dress. Yeah. But then go massive in the implants, try it on mm. and go, God, I'm too booby, I can't wear it. Do you know, it's yes. just about, and obviously, you know, that's why a lot of patients 
you know, come here, they don't feel good in their clothes, they don't feel good out with their clothes. So yeah. you need to have that, that mm-hmm. kind of balance. And I think it's so good, like, that it's coming from you ladies as women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you're going direct to a male surgeon without having that, like, <clears throat> the women in between to yeah. kind of get it is what you need. I joke about this with our competitors. It? So most of our competitors are male surgeons. And I'll say, do you know what? You can do as many boob jobs as you like. You don't have a pair of boobs of your own. Exactly. So, exactly. Don't know. I know, and you yeah. can't. It's... You, you really do want to speak to a female about these yeah. things, don't you? Yeah. yeah. The I other think. thing that we do in terms of sizing, and as part of the free consultation as well, is the sizers. Mm-hmm. So you try the sizers on in your bra. So we always recommend people wear a non-padded, non-underwire bra yeah. and a white t-shirt to okay. consultation. Okay. So that they can try on all the sizers yeah. and let them see what they look like. Um, after they've had their scan, we show them the different sizes right there and then. It's yeah. all done um, uh, remotely in that console. Brilliant. And email it to you. So yeah. a lot of our competitors now that have started trying to do the scans, first of all, they charge for them and then they don't let you take them home, which I kind of think defeats the purpose because does, you yeah. want to go home and if your partner's not there, you want to go home and go, right, look what this looks like for a couple of reasons. Yeah. And we're women, right, we know how this game works. You're going to go home and show your man and go, do you like these? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how would you feel if I had these? <laughs> That's how you get them on board because yeah. men actually feel quite disempowered throughout this whole process. Right, so that's so something you experience that, we, that quite yeah, a lot. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people that are in relationships, they've got children. Um, even if they don't, their, their parents can be worried. So we'll yeah. say, look, bring your parents along. Okay. Bring your mum, bring your dad. Um, that has happened. We've had okay. 18 year olds for breast reductions with medical conditions, and their parents have really agreed that they need the surgery, but been petrified about what could potentially go wrong. So yeah. we say, look, come to the consultation, meet the surgeons, meet us. We'll talk you through everything. Yeah. And I think it makes everybody feel a lot more knowledgeable yeah. Um, yeah. and safe and that, that forms part of our educate, inform and empower um, yes. approach to, to kind of doing things. Which is your, is your approach to everything, isn't it? Definitely. Because you are very much so wanting to your customers to be informed, they, they make the right decision, they Come need to be informed by mm-hmm. you guys and all your knowledge, you've got your own communities yeah. as well, which Fantastic. you share. We've been so fortunate with them. So tell us about them. So, um, I had surgery myself a couple of years ago. So I had the gastric band away back in 2012 and I shared that journey with a lot of people online um, in a wee community and it was all other women that were having surgery around about the same time. And I just found that so invaluable yeah. But how people were getting on, particularly with that surgery because it's not you just have the surgery and you get your outcome and that's it. It was a whole journey, year journey yeah. um, to get where I wanted to be. And that support network was just so valuable to me at that time and I thought you know what there's nothing like this for cosmetic surgery mm-hmm. yeah there's forums online but it's all different surgeons it's yep. all different approaches different techniques different providers I thought I'm going to make a cosmetic care one so when I had my breast augmentation I had that with Mr Anderson about three years ago must be about three years ago <clears throat> and I said oh do you know what I'm just going to um, video document this so yep. I did it and I put it up on the Facebook page and other women started saying, that's fantastic, I'm going to do that as well. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I started thinking, you know what, I'm going to make use of these secret groups that you can have on Facebook because a lot of people don't want people to know they've had surgery. Yeah. They don't want their friends knowing, they don't want their mum knowing. Yeah, it's quite a private thing, isn't it's it? For a lot of people. Some people are totally open about it, yeah. but a lot of people don't want anybody mm-hmm. to know. Yeah, so we made the private group and I was actually surprised at how many people wanted to be a part of it. And then even more surprised about how many people... <clears throat> interacted within it and when I say no holds barred I literally mean two hours after surgery they will have their tops off with no bra showing this is what it looks like this is how I feel 
this surgeon was fantastic. That I was petrified I would get put to sleep and this amazing this was Isn't brilliant. It? Yeah. Sharing that information. They're putting up pictures and they've still got their surgical markings <laughs> on. They're not even washed. That's <laughs> the type of people that want yeah. to see. Probably still got, is it like, uh, is the iodine the stuff? Iodine, yeah. Yeah. still got <laughs> like, the yellow the nice. <laughs> <laughs> But it is though, and again, like, we find that a lot of the positive feedback you know, it's not just about their service and like you know their service through their time and with the cosmetic care consultants and Jill and I. It's about the girls in this group. You know, yeah. a lot of the girls are like, I don't know if I would have went through it if I hadn't had so much support from people you don't even know. But do you yeah. know what they have had yeah. similar experiences and yeah. and sometimes you know what it's like if you've got stuff going on. Sometimes it's quite nice to speak to someone who's a wee bit further removed, mm-hmm. yeah. not your nearest and dearest, because mm-hmm. you know whatever yeah. it is, it's going on. Sometimes it's good to get impartial information yeah. from a third party mm-hmm. and that's what the group actually you know the group acts it does as. and as it's going on i think there's about 170 breast members in there now um and about 100 in the tummy tuck page the, the breast one i think is particularly useful for information about size and for people who are concerned about getting put to sleep mm-hmm. or having um sedation um but also for people who have, and I hate using this word, but it's the word that the, the patient uses, abnormal breasts. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think there's any such thing as an abnormal breast. Yeah. You've got the boobs you're born with, and that's natural, and that's absolutely fine. I think yeah. society today is so focused on this Instagram <coughs> perfect, perfect body yes. culture. Yeah. But that realistically doesn't exist. Yeah. So if you are somebody that's got maybe tubular breast syndrome, um, where your, your breasts don't sit the same as the Instagram people mm-hmm. of the world or if you've got severe asymmetry perhaps maybe a double D in one side and a B in the other side yep. you're petrified that surgery isn't going to fix this and that could potentially make it worse so yep. there's a lot of women on that group that will share, they maybe not put their pictures up publicly mm-hmm. but they will private message them to each other and they'll yeah. say right, this is the experience that I had and I opted for this technique and this route yep. and this was the surgeon I had and I think for those women to actually do that is just it's a gift that you, you could not possibly it's, buy oh, anybody uh-huh. you couldn't yeah, to it's, get it's that fantastic. and when it's it's not like you guys can see it like because you know it mm-hmm. but when it actually is someone who has been mm-hmm. a customer yeah, and who's yeah. had a good experience and you know yeah that and is again brilliant. coming from someone who's not Jill and I yes. makes a massive difference as well yeah. because obviously mm-hmm. we work for you know we're the faces mm-hmm. and we're the ones kind of yeah. doing, you know the full consults speaking to an impartial you know someone else who has yeah. they have no obligation to to be super no. positive mm-hmm. if they have any yeah. you know concerns or worries they you know they'll chat amongst each other but we are just so so lucky that we've got such a group of open ladies that are willing yeah. to share and, and where i found that um quite useful as well so Usually when somebody's thinking about having cosmetic surgery, don't just go to one place. And yep. I think that's really important. You need to go and see a couple of different people. We suggest people go. Right, like, okay, do you? Why have you given me the names of your competitors? And I'm saying, well, I know you'll be safe there. If yep. you're going to choose not to come to us, I would rather you go somewhere that somebody's actually going to look after you. Well, that's... You're going to be all right. That's amazing. Cause Cause I, don't do want that. Be, I don't want to be sitting up at night worrying and I, I have had that when people mm. have came to see us and I've, I've known when they're walking out the door they're going to go and have surgery and guaranteed within six months they're back in that room speaking to me and it's heartbreaking. I hate it. So I'd rather just say you will be safe going X, Y, or Z. Go and get second opinions. Yeah. But in the same vein... When they're coming to us after they've been somewhere else, some consultants take a, a standard approach to mm-hmm. things. So they'll say, if you've got a wee bit of droop or a wee bit of ptosis, they'll go, no, you definitely need an uplifting implant. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get the right implants and position them 
well mm. they're supposed to be and actually take the time during surgery potentially you can avoid, avoid an uplift it's right. patient dependent okay but just because one surgeon says you need this don't take it for gospel right that's really interesting yeah. all surgeons okay. have all got their own different technique and mm-hmm. the way that they do things yeah and again finding out more from different consultants it can never be a bad thing okay so we always say to patients go other places take notes but keep them separate so we know that this surgeon said this, this surgeon said that. Okay. And it means then that they can then make an informed decision. We're not badgered in the minute of that decision. They look at the information they've got and they decide. And that is mm. all our job is, is to inform them. Yeah. What decision they make after that is, is completely... It has to be yeah, their own. Completely yep. their own, yeah, totally. So that's so admirable. It's like in Miracle on 34th Street and the Santa was saying <laughs> to people elsewhere. That's it, but that's, that makes you guys stand out, I think, yeah. to do that. Yeah. So, right, okay, so you mentioned, you touched on people going abroad. Jill, yes. is this quite a kind of, is it an epidemic? Yes, unfortunately, the, I think is it is. It? There's, there's two epidemics going on in this industry just now. The first one is, obviously, people going abroad. It's always happened. When you get the likes of celebrities, I think the most recent one in the newspaper the other day was um, Kate Price, who for once, she's actually been really honest about it. She said she got it for free. So right. off she went. That's right. what happens. So okay. the, these clinics abroad give celebrities or influential people free surgery in return for marketing. Mm-hmm. We do not do that ever. Mm-hmm. No. It's just it's not good practice. It's not ethical. Yeah. And it's no reflection on good care. Yeah. If you look at Katie Price's experiences and actually follow her TV show, which I don't, but I do follow when she's had surgery, yeah. I can look and go, "That's thymatoma. That's what's wrong with this. Why is nobody intervening and saying?" X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. needs to be done. Yep. But the reason they're not intervening is because they're in another country. Right, okay. <laughs> so they're not there. Okay. She's over there having surgery. She's phoned right back home. It's very difficult to get a surgeon back home, a good surgeon, that mm-hmm. is going to touch somebody else's work. Right, okay. So, because Medicare specialising in that makes us slightly different. Yes. Um, and really, we did that because I'm a bit of a soft touch, I'm going to be honest. People were coming in and they'd been butchered abroad oh my god that's so scary and I couldn't turn them away and mm-hmm. that's that's basically how we ended up in this this predicament I will I will say because sometimes it is a predicament sometimes you cannot fix yeah what's been somebody done else and it's done. not even mm-hmm. just the they cannot fix the, the actual physical side of it emotionally these mm. patients have been through complete hell like over the mm. last three four weeks the last six months whenever the time frame is and from you know that side of things it's a very difficult job for Jill and I because they're so scared they're so nervous that you know and it is it's very hard because we try our very best to put them at ease but they've been through a hellish experience and they're going to have to do it again and they're worried about the same Mm -hmm. things happening again so you know it's all about kind of positive reinforcement and you know making sure that the patient Mm -hmm. has got the support but again Mm -hmm. this is these these patients that go abroad they Mm -hmm. I don't think they realize the severity of things don't Mm -hmm. go their way because it's it's life changing mm. completely. Oh, it really, really massively. is. We're really fortunate in that any media coverage that Cosmedicare has had has <clears> always been fantastically positive. So oh, it's yeah. always been about being ethical in this industry and about leading the conversation and how things need to be put in place to stop rogue practitioners and things like that, and in fixing people that have been abroad for surgery and getting involved in all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's really rewarding, but. I also see what these women have went through when they've decided to speak out. Mm. So, for instance, we had a, a lady um, who was super honest about why she had surgery mm-hmm. abroad, and she thought she she had done all of her research and everything. She paid mm-hmm. extra for a professor, 
um, and they would wink you into this stuff because there's really yeah. no way for you to check no. um, what these people's credentials are and to speak to their previous patients because they're basically paying everybody commission to send them more patients. Mm-hmm. So everybody's going to say, well, I had surgery there and they were fantastic. The people who have not had a fantastic experience tend to be butchered beyond belief. They're embarrassed. If they can get it fixed, then that's great. Mm-hmm. Then they decide to share because women inherently want to be good to other women. I mean, this is... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, completely. So this particular patient who is a friend of mine, she opened up, she told her story, the abuse that she got online from people that she did not know. Oh, you shouldn't be so stupid as to go abroad for surgery. Uh, you look like this, you look like that. She's a lovely woman. She made a mistake. And actually Hundreds she's trying of, to help people to help by people. telling her story. Yeah. Hundreds of people make mistakes every oh. year going abroad for surgery. I mean, there was even the lady that died with a Brazilian bum lift. And when I read some of the comments on there, I thought, what has what actually happened to Society. People are trolls. People are trolls online, yeah. aren't they? I mean, it's they really are. Still. Everybody's perfect behind that keyboard. But oh. do you think yeah. people would just opt to do this? Well, the financial strain that it adds to people. Yeah. It's, it's a large amount of money. The, the emotional impact of going for a surgery. Do you think they yep. would do that if they no. felt that they'd other options? The bottom line of it is a lot of people feel that this is their key to yep. happiness. To, you know, happiness. To actual happiness and confidence. confidence. Yeah. yeah. It's and life crazy. is too short to be life is too short. to hate yourself yeah. inside, you know. Yeah. When it comes to surgery abroad, I think there's there's a lot of things to take into consideration. I think people automatically think, oh, it's cheaper. Yes, it might seem cheaper mm-hmm. for the procedure, but you need to bear in mind there's your flight, there's your travel, there's um, your accommodation, there's a standard of care that you're going to get there. The way the procedure is going to be done, Yeah. if you get any notes, which you probably won't, they're in a different language, if anything goes wrong, I guarantee you, they might be answering your emails super damn quick when they want you as a customer. Yeah. <clears throat> the minute something goes wrong, yeah, you're not going to hear from them. Yeah. If you want to come back over for a revision, you've got to pay for the travel, your accommodation and everything else. They want their aesthetic fees, they want their surgery fees. You're more money out. Usually by that point, there's no way in hell you would let that surgeon touch you again because no. you've seen the damage he's done the first time. Yeah. There's no way you're getting compensation. You'd be lucky if you get your money back. They've tied you in and the consent that you won't Ask for your talk, money and back. You won't talk bad about the company, basically. Go like a yeah. NDA or something yeah. like and that. And the thing as well is, as well, if you are feeling in pain or discomfort, do you really want to be taking a four-hour flight? Because no. I know oh I'm my God, certainly not. not. No. And that's the other thing as well. It's the actual physically, you know, the, the getting there. Yeah. Even if you do have a, an mm. issue, the chances are even if you did have the means financially to get back, would you want to put yourself through that if you're feeling horrendous? And the first thing you will hear from that rep in the UK that referred you is, I don't take anything to do with things when things go wrong. I just send patients over there and I get a commission for sending it. So oh how much did they really care about you if they sent oh you God. in the first place? No, I know. And what usually happens with these reps is, yeah, it seems like a good idea and a great wee industry to be in if you're doing somebody's brows or lashes or whatever and you're referring people over to get book jobs. But then when you start seeing the results... And the consequences of the actions that you've recommended to somebody, your guilt trip's going to set in. Oh, no, no, yeah. And it won't be long before you're no record for that company because you you can't sleep at night. Oh, that's hot. That's like a, it's like that film, isn't it? There was a horrible film. It was like people going abroad and getting surgery, and it was just like, like different things are. Oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, and it's all it's almost like kind of like cowboy. Cowboys and you're yeah, total <laughs> rogue traders. Yeah. And people that go to a rogue trader, whether it's any industry, you always mm. end up paying twice oh, or you three do. times or four you times. 
So why not just invest? Pay twice, but it isn't just it's the emotional mm. impact that that's got on you, on your relationship, on you know your work your when you're yeah. exactly yeah. your your time off your work because you're doing two and three trips over the partner that never wanted you to get it in the first place. Do you know it's mm-hmm. and they're seeing now how much you're hurting and how much you're upset and yeah. the negative impact that it can have is across the board and and I think patients need to really. Whether they decide to have surgery here or, or, you know, if they're thinking about surgery at all, they need yep. to understand that what they're getting themselves what they're doing. Yeah. What's included in the price? And that's yes. at home and abroad. Yeah. What is actually included in the price? Yeah. You want to know what the revision policy is before you go on any table. Right, okay. Nobody would think, oh, yeah. I'm going to look fantastic and yeah, I really like this surgeon. When can I book in? And they never think to no. ask any of these questions. So when we're giving them all this information and we give them it, Email. Yeah. This is our terms and conditions. This is our policy. This is our patient pathway. Yeah. Half the time they don't read it, so we we literally just keep saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. They must sound like broken records, but then everybody knows where they stand. Yeah. Particularly the patients that are borderline on certain procedures. Yeah. So you might need an uplift and implant. Although I'm just going to whack a bigger bigger implant in there. We will say it numerous times. But remember. You might need an uplift at some point after this surgery. At that point you as need well. to sign to say, yes. I was told this. I understand. You will hear, well, I didn't hear that. And no, it was said mm-hmm. so many times. Yeah. And things can go wrong with any surgery. Oh, they there's risks wrong. with any surgery, um, exactly. But it's how you manage them as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think any surgeon that says to you that they've never had a complication, either they haven't done enough surgeries or they're lying. Yeah. Um, you do get minor complications you get wound healing issues you get yep. return to theatres you get um, have to change the implants for whatever reason sometimes an implant has to come out and wait for a wee while to go back in yeah it's happened yeah if you manage that properly right from the outset patients are really really accommodating towards it and really appreciative that you look after them yeah but to step back and go oh well there's a risk of surgery that is just to me that's not acceptable no. okay and that's just, yeah that's not right so it's, it's bearing in mind what you're getting. What you're getting. Mm-hmm. So what about after the patients had their surgery then? Because I can imagine you ladies are going above and beyond for <laughs> that after. So, <laughs> we so do tell tend us. to let, let them get home first before we start phoning them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, let, let them get a night in the house okay. and then we'll, we'll usually drop them a wee phone call and a wee message. But we usually don't need to even reach out. We're I usually getting the pictures the, and the taxis yeah. and the... Yeah. Yeah. We had a patient a few weeks ago, and she was like, it must have been about 10 o'clock at night, and it was this big, massive thank you. And I was like, oh, that's lovely. It makes it worthwhile. Oh, it does it? completely, but she wasn't even, I think she was two hours home. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> But do you know, it's, it's um, but yeah, I think we do stay in touch quite a lot mm. over the, the first initial week because that's yes. the week that the patients, you know, at home, they're feeling maybe a wee bit groggy, a bit sore, yep. you know. They're, they're kind of got a lot of time in their hands. So that's the time for us mm. to check in and make sure they're, they're doing okay. and but I would say probably the most common message we get is usually about day two, day three, going, is this it? Like, is this, am I going to feel something now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as much as we brace everybody yeah. for the worst, yeah. we know it might not be as bad as yeah. that. Yes. It's usually not. Yeah. A wee bit of soreness and a wee bit of discomfort with nothing mm-hmm. to, you know, they're about having lunch with her. Yeah, in no time, yeah, yeah. I have to say the job satisfaction for you because... Like, I, I know personally from my own experience that it did change my life. And I think the job, what you're doing for people, giving them confidence, and I know that, like, you're doing so much more than that, like, but giving someone the confidence to feel like they can face the world or 
if they've lived with hatred of themselves mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. however many years and you guys are able to literally hold their hand through making them feel confident, I think that must be like... Yeah, that is. I mean, and you get patients that stick very clearly oh, in your head. Because, well, like, we've both got our own wee, like, favourite procedures as such. Because oh, okay. I know, like, mm-hmm. the job satisfaction you get with a certain type of procedure, like... I don't know, it just brings yeah. a total smile to yeah. your face. Yeah. I love my complicated cases. Yeah, of my no reductions. Okay, <laughs> so, okay, right, okay. Yeah. And again, that's why you're getting recommended for, mm-hmm. for everything. Because yeah. we spoke before the podcast as well about the kind of, like, the transgender community on binary. binary. Yeah. And, and you're getting quite a lot of cases of that, aren't you? Um, um well, we are. Um, I think there's, there's a couple of reasons for that. <coughs> Knowing the, the frustrations and the limitations of the NHS pathway, I knew that this was going to follow me into into surgery, cosmetic surgery, if you want to deem it that. Um, and I, I was constantly getting people phoning, and um, and I don't, to my knowledge, nobody else offers it privately. Okay. Um, and I will be honest, we are very, very selective with the patients that we take on. The NHS pathway is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. The waiting lists are really, really long. Um, facial feminization surgery, for instance, is a really, really complex thing. And we've got two surgeons that can that can do that. But again, it's ve- our patient selection criteria is very tight. Mm-hmm. Um, because the psychological impact on that, which is one of the things that we talk about for all patients, yep. it is even more important with a gender identity patient yep. than any other patient because of the psychological impact of that and the transitional process. Yep. But we do see patients who want breast surgery Either way, either enlargements or complete reductions. Um, and the NHS waiting list can be very long. Some people, if they're identifying as non-binary, struggle to meet the criteria for either way. Okay. Um, so we adhere to the, the whole gender identity clinic guidelines um, and the NHS pathways as well and the psychological indicators. And everybody that comes to us is assessed on a case-by-case basis. It's yeah. something that we can help with and we think that we can provide an ethical, safe service for that particular patient. We will be open to looking at it. Yep. And the difference it makes in people's lives is... I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I can yeah. imagine. It's a, it's definitely a life-changing um, surgery if ever you're going to get one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And probably, actually, that person's life would start at that point yeah, after they've does. had that surgery. Yeah, it does. And it's difficult because... Because of pronouns and because of procedural regulations and what you have to do, a lot yep. of times when they go somewhere else, it, it feels very desensitised. Mm-hmm. They've not been spoken to as a human, regardless of how they're identifying. Yeah. Um. So I'm really open and honest about my background and where I've worked and people that I know. So I think that because they feel comfortable being able to come and speak to us, even if I can't help them or if our surgeons can't help them, I will do everything I possibly can to put them in touch with people that can. Right, which is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I love what I do in that respect. It's... So good. So you mentioned like the psychological evaluations, obviously, yes. and that's for everyone. Yes. But my, there must have been times where people have come to you that you've thought, no, no. they're not, they're not yeah. either ready or they're not maybe doing it for the right reasons. Doing it for the right <clears throat> reasons. So what about what happens in that? Sometimes it's quite easy. Um, if you think somebody's doing it for their own reasons, in terms of they've just come out of a breakup, yeah, just come out of a marriage. Somebody in their family's just died. That's mm-hmm. not the time to be having surgery. You do not have the psychological headspace for recovery or to make an informed choice that is going to be yeah. good for you in the long run. So those are fairly simple to deal with. Now, yeah. again, being honest, that's usually the time we get shouted at. 
I can, I can imagine. <laughs> it's I not an nice hard of the job, put it that way, no, because it's again, it's very difficult to manage. It is, and I think patients automatically feel we are being judgmental. And okay. we're saying, oh, you can't have surgery. Mm-hmm. We're saying it for the, the benefit of the patient. And we're saying mm-hmm. that because we no longer care. This will be something that they'll thank us for at some stage. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. it, we don't turn yeah. patients away for no really. reason. Yeah. There needs to be a concern there. And if yeah. we know that it's not in that patient's interest, then, you know, it's our, our duty of care. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. patient expectation yeah. is, again, probably one of the most difficult things for us to manage yeah. on a day-to-day basis and, and we get the vibe from that from the first quote see from our initial consult there might be red flags and we can see maybe they were nervous and, and you know maybe they just mm-hmm. didn't have the information now we've saw them let's see how they go when they see the surgeon and you know we are present at the surgeon consultation yeah. so kind of we we're another set of ears and if we know at that point that the patient and the surgeon are on completely different pages they're not you know in the same line in terms of what's going to be achieved here it's not in anyone's interest for that patient to proceed because what we're going to end up with the end of it is an unhappy patient. Yeah. You know, we all have a headache in our hands. The surgeon will be unhappy because the patient's unhappy. Yeah. And it's all because no one, you know, the patient didn't communicate and act on a red flag. Mm-hmm. It's all communication and it's all about making sure we manage expectations. So that is another reason that we would turn patients away. If yeah. we feel that their expectation is not realistic and we do get a lot of patients that come in with screenshots off Instagram and we're like... Please don't um, be the These are educated patients. Educated ladies that are uh-huh. coming into us and showing us patients or people on Instagram, I should say, and bikinis with ripped six packs and oh. you know it it it's ridiculous or slim slim noses yeah. on you know these perfect pristine faces and someone's coming to us with a massive hump reduction. Yeah, but like physically we cannot. No. do that you yeah. know we don't want to change your character that's not what our job is yeah. we can make adjustments but we're not here to you know we've not got a magic wand we're not yeah. here to you, can, you can't start again with someone's face exactly. it's not like you're literally but we wouldn't want to you yeah, know exactly. you've got your character you've got your and, and that's again social media plays a huge part and mm. that's what I was it. going to ask you has that really changed the face of the industry literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Instagram is so I mean don't get me wrong a lot of it maybe it is real and a lot of it people are just but there's a lot that's bullshit. But do you not yeah. think, though, as girls, sometimes I look at my Instagram oh. feed and it just depresses life out. Yeah, actually, I don't know what like, I, don't, I don't actually really want to look. like switch off Instagram because you've got all of these size six girls, and that's amazing for them. But it, it's this inferiority complex that's now built into people oh. because we're not. But then you Instagram wonder. Ready, you you know? wonder, like, so maybe they're size six girl, whatever, but. Like, I know girls that pull their waist in and they That's do this. That's what I mean. It's and they're tiny. Like and you're like, oh, my crazy. God. Like, why are you doing that? You're so perfect. It is. It is. It's just about, and again, people not using the lights of Instagram to give a realistic view of yeah. what they're meant to be like. It's not realistic. No, Instagram not. life is very different from normal it's not, life. It's because when you, when you meet people as well, like they that. don't look like that. <laughs> no. So you do know, like, yourself. Like, you're like... But I think, though, it's quite hard, like... You know, from a younger patient point of view, I think it's quite hard for these girls to be grown up. Than yeah, like, when I was gro- like when we were all grown up, it was a totally different. It was a totally different time, and, oh, and never, you know, like social media wasn't social. I, like social wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Now all these like young girls that are coming to us, like eighteen, nineteen, they're they're thinking they need to look and you know be a the certain pressure. way mm-hmm. and the pressure and it's, it's a liberty. Yeah. Like it is. You know, when you're when you're speaking about technology. Social media has social media is not just a communication platform anymore; it's an advertising platform. Yeah, yeah, and I think what a lot of people don't realise, there's been so many cosmetic surgery companies that have got themselves into hot water over this. I mean, you constantly right. see 
one or two in particular getting into trouble for advertising in between Love Island. Yes. Every time that programme starts, I just want to hide in my yeah. bedroom. Yeah. Just finish. She'll always put her nice staff <laughs> on her, on her oh. kind of business page at love the beginning of it. Not Love Island. Exactly. <laughs> love because it is, oh, it gives know. us this kind of... And you know, but I, like, I am addicted to it. Like, yeah. I, I watch it and, I, and, and I'm, <clears> every night I'm like, I mean, this isn't realistic. There's and nobody on a size bloody... As a pregnant lady... Yes. If you, God forbid, have a daughter, trust me, I'm a parent myself, you're going to get to the point where that girl is 17, 18, looking at things like Love Island, Big Brother, whatever celebrity show it happens to be at the moment, going, I need to look like that, I need to look like that. And the the last thing you're going to want as a parent is for your 18, 19, 20-year-old daughter to walk into a plastic surgeon's office and then give her boobs because she feels that she needs to look like somebody off the telly yeah. to attract a boyfriend. There's no yeah. matter happening in the first oh place. Oh my God, I know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it is a scare. Yeah, it it's is a but the sad thing is, it's happening. It oh, of course it's happening. happening. And we can see it a mile off as soon as a patient, and don't yeah. get me wrong, we're not tarring all of our patients with the same brush. Of course no, you're not. No. This is a very, very, very small yeah. minority we're talking here. And these are and your red flag patients. These are well. our red flag yeah. patients. This is, can you bring your mum to the next concert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was saying, like, bring your mum in. Better still bring your mum in. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is all about making sure that, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons. And, yeah. and you know, that's why patient selection is really important. Patient expectation is super important. And yeah. we are not scared to be saying to folk, sorry. We don't want to operate here because again it's, it's not the right thing to do again that must be so unique in your industry because like even i know of the companies that they would never turn anyone away mm-hmm. no well this never, is the thing never. so when, yeah. when gabriella came to work with me i worried about it so much because i thought wait a minute i've known gabriella a long long time yeah and i know she's ethical and honest and everything that i yeah. want to embody with cosmedicare but I also know that the company that she used to work with was very much the volume-driven and yeah. sales-orientated. Yeah. Yeah. So she was on commission. Yeah. Every other cosmetic surgery company, if they've got a patient care coordinator, nurse, whatever, guaranteed they're getting commission. Yeah. Right. We do not work. We don't work to commission. We don't work to targets. We don't work. Yeah. We work with. We do. And that's how we got onto this conversation. That's how I ended up actually coming to work with Jill because. Mm-hmm ethically things the balance got you know way okay yeah. and I was like mm-hmm. ethically as you made yeah I couldn't do it I was like I can't sleep at night like that's it for me yeah. I just feel that I'm not doing what's right for me yeah. and again it's been a whole 360 you know in terms yeah. of I remember her first week she says right so um so what's the targets and I said no there's, there's no targets and she's like well how do you know if we're doing well if the patients are happy we're doing well it's a complete yeah. culture change oh. because again it's nothing but yeah. that, I, that I was just doing yeah. and again that is just when it's it's a complete business yeah, this yeah. Is diff- you know this is this is a different kind of thing altogether but you know and it's not saying you know not to talk bad about them but it was a business at the yeah. end of the day and the patient you know, patient care, maybe profit wasn't. over patient, Pro- profit, profit over patient, over patient. Yeah, exactly. But you know, from our point of view, it's the opposite because, as yep. I said, we are sitting answering phone calls at quarter past eleven on a Friday night because the patient needs us, and yep. it doesn't matter what we are doing. Our duty of care doesn't stop at five o'clock yeah. on a Friday. Do you know what I mean? Our hours oh. number yeah. comes through, whether it's emails, phone calls, mm-hmm. and you do consultations and stuff at night. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I think it's just something our families have just adapted to because we can be family <laughs> dinners and they're like, ready, go my phone. <laughs> when I first started, when I first started doing, because we were based purely through in Edinburgh because that was the hospital that I operated yep. at the time. But 
that so many of my patients were from Glasgow and they couldn't make it in during the day or whatever. I actually found myself, and I don't do it anymore, so please don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually felt like the Avon lady go to people's houses right. with breast implants, leave them here, come back, I'll come back and see you and I'll pick them up in a week or something. Yeah. Or, it was it was above and beyond. Yeah. And then I realised actually that's not the best thing to do. If we make evening and weekend consultations available that they can come. Yeah. And if they have to bring their kids, then we will deal with that. Yeah. Get someone to sit outside with the kids and they can get their time with a consultant. It works better. It really does. It really absolutely does. Yeah. The patient first thing is so incredible, especially when you're dealing with someone's face or their body. I mean, yeah. this is this is stuff you need to look at in the mirror every day. You want to be going to people that actually really fully care about you. And yeah. and this is the, this is the thing when we were talking about pet hates and the epidemics within this industry. The other the other thing is the non surgical side. So yes, because Medicare offer the full range of surgical and non surgical. Yeah. So no matter who's walking through the door, if they are looking for a procedure, we will point them in the direction as to what is the right procedure for them. Yeah. Other clinics. And not even clinics, other providers, and I'll get into this in a wee second, they're limited in what they can do because of the licences that they've got, the credentials that they've got, the, the service level agreements that they've got yeah. with, with other things. There's a whole other side, the actual business side of running a cosmetic surgery. And we've, yeah. we've built our own facility through in Edinburgh that we can operate in. We've got a, a different licence completely from Health Improvement Scotland from what your Botox and Filler clinics will have. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that, not just financially, but in terms of um, regulations, cleaning, equipment, staffing, yeah. and contingency plans, blood on site, there's controlled drugs, there's all of these things that go into this. Yeah. It's not as easy as just getting a health improvement Scotland license and start doing Botox and fillers. And is there a lot of people then doing that? Because there seems to there's, be... And it's scary. Like, everyone's doing it, it seems to be. It's very frustrating... As an entrepreneur, it's very frustrating because I think within industries that can do harm to people, and this is an industry that can do harm to people, yep. if it is not regulated to the point where only medical professionals can give these services, and I mean your Botox and fillers, yep. you're running serious risks of people jumping in one-day courses, and this is what's happening. They're spending £1,500 jumping in a one-day course. They've never picked up a needle in their life. They have no medical history training. Mm-hmm. They don't know the difference between cellulitis and sepsis, but yet they're going to stand there and tell you that they're medically trained and take a needle and inject filler that you don't know where they got it from into your face for 150 quid. It's actually really scary, isn't it? Yeah. It's scary. And a hairdresser that hasn't been cleaned. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't understand... Why you would do that instead of going to a clinic and paying £20 more, yeah. getting a nurse who's been doing this 15, 20 years, who's yeah. registered, regulated, insured, licensed, who trains other medical professionals yeah. and know that you're safe with a good quality product. Yeah, It comes down to being informed though. That's the thing. Yeah. And that is all we can do is inform people. Yeah. The decision, as we said about the surgical side as well, the decision is then up to them. But it's such a shame that, and again, finance can be a driver for a lot of patients with yeah. us, and obviously so non-surgically as well. 
from the surgical point of view, like we do best price promise across Scotland. Okay. So it means that if patients like for like if they go somewhere else and their quotation is different from what we've given them, mm-hmm. we will like for like match that mm-hmm. to take the the price driven element out of the decision making process. Right. Okay. Or explain ah, okay. why we can. Yes. Or yep. explain what added value that we have yes. in comparison because we feel that the decision they're making price should be. The mo- you know the least decisive factor in this. Yeah. So if we can just go right, okay, well take price off the table. If we're all the same, who would you go with? You know they're making yeah, a, a okay. more ethic, you know, a more ethically yeah. driven decision because yeah. sometimes you know as we said, if you pay cheap, sometimes you pay twice. Most yeah. times you pay twice. Yeah. So if, twice we can, if you're lucky, exactly. You know, and surgically the same thing applies. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it, it comes into when you start getting to in the middle of surgical non-surgical. There is a grey area in the middle, such as your liposuction mm-hmm. or things that you can do in clinic under sedation and things. And you really need to be looking at the credentials of people that are doing that. Mm-hmm. What is the cleanliness of that clinic like? What equipment are they using? Is that a fly-in, fly-out surgeon? Mm-hmm. And that's a surgeon that basically, the minute he's done, he's away. Oh, he's yes. like, he's a delivery man. He's off. He's off. You finish just it. his slice. You tend to find the fly-in, fly-out surgeons um, discharge and leave. So as soon as he discharges their patients... There. So if there's a problem with the Sometimes patient, they're they're gone before you've even woken up. Aye. They're away to the next hospital in another city. Mm. The driver's waiting for them whilst you're in recovery. Again, that's one of our, you know, the things that we pride ourselves on mm-hmm. is the fact that all of our consultants live within a 30 minute radius to the hospital that we mm. use. So Again, things that people probably don't really know. Don't think process, about it. They wouldn't have to. Yeah. But, um, so, in, in private hospitals in Scotland, in our practicing privileges, practicing privileges policy as well, they need to be a consultant surgeon. They need to be within X amount of time from yeah. that hospital at any given time, and the anaesthetist. Yeah. So our, I never get to sign Ian's praises highly enough. Okay. Ian Lang is our consultant anaesthetist. He, in the NHS, he deals with critical care, so premature babies, cardiology, people okay. getting heart transplants. He's the man that's putting you to sleep. Do you know, he's okay. the, the cheeriest, calmest person okay. you'll ever meet. And anaesthetic is one of our, you know, the core things that patients get their cells worked up yeah. over before surgery. Mm-hmm. When Ian comes in, the worries go. And, ah, and you know, we're yeah. we're very lucky with Ian. He's fantastic. Okay. And I always say to people, Ian's not paid to put you to sleep. Ian's paid to make sure you wake up. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, you stay asleep and you wake up. Like that, when you're yeah. meant to wake up, yeah. that's his job. Okay. And he is the best the best I've ever come across anywhere and I've worked in a lot of hospitals yeah but he's, he's fantastic you guys only work with the best though That's, definitely yeah I'm you really, guys really only lucky the circles yeah. that I've got is, and, and once you get to work with as well <laughs> yes exactly no but, no again it's fantastic yeah. but I think the, the relationship between all of us the, the whole team and um, Dr Dixon and Dr Brian and Francis yeah we're, we're very open honest transparent we're all yeah. pushing <coughs> for excellence we want to be the very best that you can get. Yeah. There's, I don't know any other um, clinic where patient care coordinator can pick up the phone on a Saturday night at 11 o'clock and phone the surgeon and say, this person's saying X, Y, or Z, can you phone them? And put them at ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, that's the kind of relationship <laughs> we'll have because we're all here for the common goal. Yeah. There's not a hierarchy of these are the consultants, you can only say this and you can only say that to the consultants and everything needs to be through <coughs> a chain of command. Yep. We're all in a team, we're all yeah. working together as a team and, and whatever that calls for. Yeah. If it is phone calls on a Sunday at Vowers, yep. if it is me driving through Edinburgh to, to let the surgeon in on a Sunday to see a patient because they're worried about something, mm-hmm. then that's just what it, that just what it, needs what it happened. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's why we're so lucky, you know, from my point of view as well. 
I have worked in different capacities and there mm-hmm. has been a you know a, a very corporate structure yeah you email such and such and wait for a reply and you and nothing's yep. fast and nope. when nothing's fast the patients get frustrated now life is so much easier because it's all about transparency and yeah. if I've got a worry about a patient or the patients get concerned the surgeon's one phone call away yeah. do you know what I mean and, and we all kind of pull together yeah. to make sure the patients get the best experience I think it's just amazing like all that you're saying like the care that you put into your patients the vast range of things that you do as well, because obviously we were talking about like Botox and lip fillers as well before the podcast. And, you know, these are things that people might not think that they could actually go to cosmetic care to get the advice yeah. first. They might just think, oh, I'll just go to that biz- business and I'll get it done. But actually they come to you, they'll get the advice <coughs> and they'll get the referral. Yeah. And, you know, that's yeah. something that they might not think to do to and get that. And it's a consultation as well, yeah. do you know, they're not... And sometimes, sometimes things are just a phone call. I mean, I was speaking yeah. to Laura before the podcast about a couple of the calls that we, we had on Friday. There is no average day. If it's something yeah. that we don't do, we, we don't care for children. But I do yes. get parents phoning and saying, this has happened to my child, they've had an accident, they've had a burn, this, that, or the next thing. Where can I go? And I'll point yeah. them in the right direction. And our surgeons... They don't do this for the money. None of us do this for the money. Yeah. It's it's not about that at all. Um it's just it's about just helping about people. Helping, yeah, and doing the best you can yeah. in the situation that the people are in to help them. So you said there, Jill, that every day is different. <laughs> Literally, what is an average day <laughs> like for your family? I don't even think I can can say. <laughs> Sometimes Jill and I just look at each other and go, what the hell? Like, I bet your days speed by like oh, yeah. five minutes. Yeah, they, they fly by, and uh, she often says, she'll say, Oh, she it's five to five. It's just, it is crazy. It's, it's yeah. good though. It's it's so nice, and like, obviously, I'm an employee, so it's different for Jill because this is Jill's baby. But it's good to have a job, like from my point of view, that I've got such drive for. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel so invested in it, and I feel that I'm making a difference. And, and that's quite rare in employment. Do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. a lot of people go to work and feel like a number, and they're like, oh, God, I can't wait to finish, and clock mm-hmm. off. And we don't, but we don't clock no. off. Do you know what I mean? And even, like, I was in holiday, I was in Ibiza in May, and I was sitting there, and I was in this beautiful, like, beachside <laughs> restaurant, my husband and my sister and her partner. My phone goes, patient, hi, how are you? And she's like, oh, there's an international dialing tour. I was like, yeah, I'm just having a glass of sangria. I'm in Ibiza, actually. Um, and then I was like, Jill, can you follow this up? But again, we don't switch yeah. off. I spoke, I spoke yeah. to a woman about a tummy tuck once. I was in a tuk-tuk in Delhi. Shut up. It's <laughs> no, it a Sunday. I'm going, she's like, are you not open today? I'm like, I'm actually in another country, but I'll speak to you anyway. It's mad. But again, as I said earlier, like our families have totally now had to adjust. Oh, yeah. When I first came to work, I spend an awful lot of time in coffee shops. Okay, so yeah. we do, a, a, there's a lot of planning that goes into surgeries, yeah. so sending off booking forms and make sure they're anesthetists are uncovered. And yeah. Yeah. instead of sitting in a clinic doing that, yeah. let's sit and have nice coffee doing that. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we, we started off with a Feel Good Friday. That is very quickly banished. We used to go to hairdressers on a Friday. I think that happened like twice. Twice and never again. What a lovely twice. idea so, though, into it. It's a lovely <laughs> idea. <laughs> nice and theory, but... <laughs> yeah. and whether we're in a coffee shop or whether we're late, and again, uh-huh. we tend to find that like last Thursday, for instance, we left at what eight thirty Glasgow. Like we left about eight thirty in the morning, and I think getting to Glasgow at half ten. Well, we go back to Glasgow half back to Glasgow half because it's a double clinic. And Jill and I actually just looked at each other halfway through the race. There was like a two-hour lull between one surgeon clinic finishing and one starting. 
And we're like, do you think we could do a sofa or a nap? No, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, there's two beds in there. Do you think we could do a recovery bed? 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 Five o'clock, phones are off, you're, you're kind of, mm. for patients, they're kind of left in limbo at that point. And, yeah. and again, they're diverted to an art, like, you know, the rest of secretary. Yeah, yeah. so a, a, medical, a medical secretary basically coordinates a surgeon's diary and types his, yeah. um, his audio typing, basically. Yeah. There's no way about telling you anything about any of the surgeries that you're having. No. And the, the a patient's frustration when they used to speak to medical secretaries and then they've never done it because Medicare... The secretary would have no option but to say, I'll need to check with the surgeon and come back to you. Yeah. That can take a week. And the thing as well is, again, we do get a lot of people that are going down south to get surgery. Yeah. <coughs> they come back up the road, they've got a post-op concern, they, they come down and they're, they're also like, right, okay, I'll try and phone someone to speak to them. They're getting an RMO, which is the registered medical officer, right. but they're in England. And they're like, what good is that to me? I'm Glasgow. You yeah. know, and that's the, that's the thing as well. Yeah. For us, we're quite glad that we... As much as yes, sometimes it does impact our, our first life, but we take turns. Oh, if I know Jill's <laughs> busy, I'll be like, right, give me all the calls today. And if I'm away for the weekend or whatever, like, we, we do divvy up. But Gabrielle's going to be for two weeks next week, and I'm dreading it. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Absolutely dreading it. I'm going to have a phone call at some... But the thing is, there's some patients that well, have got your direct number, so I still do get the old phone or of text. So I'm sure yeah. I'll be away, my phone will go. <laughs> but you know what is? It's something that we do, so you don't switch off. Yeah. We wouldn't want to. But for your patients, that's amazing. That is. Because being able to even just be like, if something's swollen or something's something's a wee bit strange to them, to be able to say, guys, can I just get your reassurance? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's all they'll need. It takes us five minutes and that patient's then at ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what use is, you know, what use is not answering that patient or letting them feel terrified and stressed all weekend when it takes five minutes of our time to pop an email to a surgeon or a text a surgeon, get a reply and feed it back. That's Mm -hmm. it. You know, it's not a, it's not a big task. So. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. So something's coming up for you guys, which I think seems great because it, I think it would a really lovely insight into both of you, but obviously the brand as well. Yeah. And keeping up with Cosmedicare. Yes. Which I think is ingenious. <laughs> keeping up with Cosmedicare. So <clears throat> if anybody watches Keeping Up With Kardashians, you'll know the yes. kind of principle of what that is. So you yep. get an insight into what actually happens. And it's one of the reasons why we decided to do this podcast because we wanted yep. people to see what is actually behind the face of cosmetic surgery. Yep. What is going on? A TV um, company came to us a couple of years ago and we had an idea of doing what they were, well, what we were calling at that time, buggered up abroad. But I think I'm kind of past that now. Okay. And I really wanted to give a more <clears throat> educational, informative, no hold barred access to... Yep this company and who we are and what we do yeah. why we do it and what our patients are like and everything else um, so that's definitely going to start and for anybody that watches Dr Pimple Popper oh yeah I love that <coughs> I love it I love that love it. it's absolutely disgusting but it's great fun oh it's amazing so if you're into all your Dr Pimple Popper and want to see all the gory details this is definitely one Not for you oh, that's, that's <laughs> going to be absolutely great yeah. I'm looking forward to Keeping up with Cosmetica. 
<laughs> I'm going back and keep up with his videos. You have certain days, Olivia can keep up. Oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant, but you do, and you do so really, really well. Oh, we're, 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 we're growing constantly, and, and as much as that's great, just, <coughs> I do kind of wonder where where we're going to end up because I like I like our team as it is, and it takes a lot for us to add <coughs> somebody else onto that. We need to be right. Yeah. Yep, and that's credit, that's total credit to you as well. So, but we did speak about putting up with cosmetic care and the Kardashians because yeah. I thought that, that was really interesting what you said. Because for me, Chris Jenner, like obviously the girl, they're all stunning, right? They're all stunning, but Chris Jenner <coughs> is such a beautiful woman. And see, for her age, she doesn't look like she's had anything done, like that's that's a sign of like a. She's a very smart woman as well. Very, oh my Love goodness. Chris Jenner. Oh, yes. probably. I mean, look look at what she's built. Yeah. She's built <laughs> she's like. She's classed the name Momager, isn't she? Oh, she, she has. Oh, yeah. She's probably trademarked it and everything. She's just face it. I know. So, what. If you were to say, like, <laughs> what Chris Jenner, because even my mum's interested, like, mm. what has she done? She looks so good. But, I, like, as just a. Obviously, you don't know her. You well, don't know. If you, if you look at Chris Jenner and you look at how she's evolved over the years, she's pretty open about some of the procedures. Okay. Okay. She's had some on camera. Uh huh. She's had procedures filmed. So, she's had non surgical facelifts and full facelifts. Right, okay. Um, She's got a great physique to start off with. She oh, she really does. does look after herself. She, does. she eats healthily and she does her exercise and everything else. And it would be great if we could all do that, but realistically, we're not going. I know. <laughs> we don't have the multi millions <laughs> yeah. that allow us no. just to. Even I know. If we did, we're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so, so she's had a wee nip tuck suck here and there. Okay. Um, I think she's kind of kept herself in shape with that. She does have non surgical treatments, and I think. Francis would definitely be one of the best people to speak to about this. Right, okay. What you can do is a maintenance package. Okay. So we used to use this um, t-shirt analogies. So I use t-shirt t-shirt analogies for everything. Right. Um, if you get an old dirty t-shirt, yeah, and iron it, yeah, you're going to take the wrinkles out, yeah, but it's still manky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. So you need to be looking at cleaning, yeah, moisturising and doing all the things that you need to do. And it doesn't necessarily need to be expensive. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a big chore that you're doing every single day. Yeah. You've heard me and Gabriella, we're on the go constantly. Yeah. We wash our face while we go to sleep. Yeah. Most nights. Yeah. <laughs> it's just changing your habits. It's yes. working it into your daily routine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And about knowing the right products for your skin type because everybody's hormones <clears throat> are different. Everybody's yeah. biomedical genetic makeup is completely different. So your skin combinations need treated with the right things. So we swear by Ravagi. We absolutely love okay. the Ravagi range. It's the only range that I stock in the clinic because it's the best. Okay. Um, and Francis and Zarine and Tarina, all of them, yeah, um, all prescribe Ovagi. Right. I swear by Ovagi peels. Okay. And it doesn't have to be those blue peels that make you look like a Smurf. Nobody's got time for that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, I've got no experience of peels, right. so this is all interesting to me, this idea of like, the maintenance yeah. side of yeah, so yeah. non-invasive stuff. One of the reasons I actually get into cosmetic surgery way, way back in dermatology and everything else is I've got eczema, so I need okay. to be really, really careful what I do with my skin. Yep. And in today's society, <coughs> so many people have got skin allergies or they've had acne or they've got different hormonal things happening, usually at certain age groups. So it's either, and teenage boys really suffer from this as well. We get a yep. lot of teenage boys coming in, their mums bring them for, for skincare um, related issues and acne scarring and things like that. But if you get the right combination of treatments for your skin, 
it's really going to help you with your fillers and everything else that you're doing. Right, okay. Your skin's hydrated. Okay. And it's clean and it's smooth. And when you're glowing, everybody looks great. You're pregnant. Yeah. You look absolutely amazing because you're glowing because your thanks. body is <laughs> giving you it, all these hormones. <laughs> so if you can get your skin to start doing that, and everybody talks about collagen and everything else, if you can get the right treatments for your skin, it makes the world a difference to how you feel and how you look. Yeah. And I think people don't appreciate as well. You've got one, like you know, you you don't get another try at it. Your skin's your skin. Yeah. Damage it, neglect it. You're going to see it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. you age quicker. Yeah. And you know, life choices like all these different, like smoking and not moisturising and not using sunbeds, like, sunbeds, sunbeds. And all those injector tan. Oh, like, no idea what you're doing to your skin or your lover. Oh, really? If you invest your time in looking after your skin mm-hmm. from early doors, you'll, you'll pay dividends. Like, my mum is... You save a fortune. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you like, could, yeah, you could like, save a fortune. My mum's such a, a good example of this because my, when my mum was young, she lived in Greece. And at that time, there was no... There's no factor 50. It was like, pop the oil on, and you know, and now, like, my mum, she spends a fortune in skincare, but she's mm. like, I've done my damage. Mm. She's like, I've right. done it when I was young. Mm. We were total, there was no information. You were just yeah. out browning yourself, burning yourself yeah. as much as you Cooking can. Oil and all that. Cooking oil yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. In Greece, living the life, mm. and then next minute, like, you know, skin's ruined. And, and that's the thing. She's in her 60s now, and she's like, I just, I just feel now I've kind of. You know, ruined yeah. it, and I was like, "Well, you haven't, because there's loads. You know, if you do it right, and there's loads yeah. you can do. But if you start it, you know, in your twenties, mm-hmm. you, we're we're informed enough now. We shouldn't be using sunbeds and injecting tan because we know the damages. So why why I do know. it? Do you know what I mean? It, and that's that's really where a multidisciplinary team comes into play. So we've got Frances with all the non-surgical. She's got yeah. all the best lasers. She's got all the best non-surgical treatments, skin tightening, all those sorts of things. <clears throat> yeah. Um, skin resurfacing. We've got the surgeons who can actually do full skin resurfacing under general anaesthetic. Yeah. We've got access to resale. I think we're one of the only clinics in Scotland. In fact, I think we are the only clinic in Scotland that offer resale privately. Um, what else? Tarina is a skin specialist, so... She can take off all your cysts, moles, Brilliant. check mole removals, check changes in moles. She does okay, a recall service. That's interesting. But hormonally, at certain ages, or when you're on certain medications, mm-hmm. it plays havoc yeah. in your skin. Okay. Perimenopausal women, mm-hmm. yep. the skin's an absolute nightmare. Teenage girls, nightmare. Post-pregnancy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be coming over, I'll be like, guys. We do get a lot of teenage boys. Teenage boys. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. sorry for the teenage boys. It's such a shame. As a parent can, can as well. Makeup. Yeah. Roaccutane yeah. um, as well. Is, uh, Tarina doesn't <clears throat> prescribe that, but she refers to a dermatologist who okay. prescribe it. Um, but no, there's, there's lots that can be done. Just understanding how to look after yeah, your skin just is, to, is fantastic. Yeah. Take your time. Take, Take your time. time. You can appreciate you're nice what you're doing. Beautiful skin. Well, I could actually sit and talk to you guys all day. <laughs> like, literally. Just, like, all there's these so things. Much. There is, there is so, so much. much there's so much. Like, the vasectomies and all our marketing campaigns. Maybe we need to start doing a, a, a monthly podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I know <laughs> what's coming up. Well, we're going to do a Facebook Live. Yeah, that would be good. Which will really be good because I think the Facebook Live will be a week after this podcast goes out. Fine. So what we'll do is we'll say now for any listeners, if they've got any questions... Um, for the Cosmedicare gals then we'll chat about them on the live in the group um, which will be brilliant but also you guys are going to set up cons- like consultancy events yeah. as well yeah. so we've got some dates in the diary so I'll just read them, these out just now we've got the 1st of October is going to be the breast consultancy mm-hmm. 
8th is going to be body, 22nd of October will be face, and the 29th is going to be like a women's health, like an all-round women's health consultancy night. Yeah. So what could ladies attend these? So they'll, I'll put an email at the bottom of this to email you to guys to get on the guest mm. list. So whether it's maybe something to do with face, whether it's something to do with breasts, whether it's body, and they can come along. And what types of things can they expect in the night, guys? So we want to make it a really informal ladies' night, really, for you yeah. to come along, bring a friend. Yeah. Ideally, we want to keep it all women. Because yes. I think you get the most out of things when you keep it all women. So leave your men at home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having it at my place in Bodwell. There'll be drinks and nibbles. Which is stunning. Oh, Put that in there. Yeah, so I'm going to have it there. So people can kind of get to meet us, know where we are, know what we're like, and yep. talk to us about any of the procedures that they, they want to talk about. Yep. If you can't make it alone for a, for the breast one or the breast night, and you want to speak about that, come to the next one. Just let okay. me know you're coming. And I've got time aside and we can, we can come and speak to you. So the scans will be there. Um, and how good's that? People want to be able to see yeah. the change that could be. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll possibly have some of our other practitioners and yeah. our other team there as well, yeah. just to give a wee bit more information. And it's really just to take the kind of scariness away. It's yeah. an informal setting. Ask your questions. Get yeah. you know get yeah. the feel for, yeah. for what you want to do. Yeah. And just get that wee bit more information. And as it's just about, you know... It's about taking that first step. Um, I don't believe in clinic open nights. <coughs> yeah. Say. Okay. They've been done to death. Yeah. Do you know what? Nobody wants to go along and see somebody getting Botox and their lips done. I've seen it a million times. Yeah. This is not what this is. Um, yes. It's come along and meet the people that would be looking after you. Find yep. out. You can come and speak to some of our previous patients. If yeah, we will be there. having some of our previous mm-hmm. patients there, so that would be quite nice okay, to great. speak to yeah. them. Yeah. Online groups. Um. If you come along to that and we've met you and we know who you are, mm-hmm. we don't have an issue adding you to the online groups. That's amazing, and then that's a whole other yeah. So they can, they can world of knowledge in there and reviews. But um, it's really just about taking the first step and getting to know a bit more about about us. We can get to know a bit more about you. Um, one of the things that I, I didn't touch on with the scans, we get a lot of ladies coming to us who already have implants in. Okay. And they want to change them, mm-hmm. but whether they've had them abroad or they've had them somewhere that's no longer operating or they don't know what size implants are in there yep. they've even got a rough idea the scan can actually simulate taking them out and start uh, from scratch wow, again wow right okay so, so it's how clever is that, that. Um, so that's that's quite handy as well and it, I guess it might even be something that someone's thought about for a whole while especially if it's something to do with their face yeah and it's not even it's not like they're going to come to the event and get sold to you're literally no, just going to go no. Here's, here's the types of things we do. Yeah, like, completely. Meet us, mm-hmm. have a think about it. But it's not a pushy sales environment. Mm-hmm. It's no. very, very, it'll be relaxed. very chilled. Yeah, conversations in the kitchen kind of thing. Conversations yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, no, that'll be so good. Well, I'll post more information about that in the group underneath this podcast so that anybody that wants to, to get in touch and come along. And the Women's Health Fund, what will that kind of be? So Women's Health is more focused on uh, what Tarina, Zarin and um, Francis do. Yep. So Tarina, we're hoping Tarina's going to be able to make it along that night because Tarina's the lady that does all our women's health um, <coughs> or hormonal clinics. Uh, she's got the dermatology specialism. Brilliant. Uh, Zarin does Botox and filler. She's a doctor. Tarina, uh, Francis, uh, has Francis Turner Trail Skin Clinics, which is just along the road from us okay. in, uh, in Hamilton. And she does all your silhouette soft, your profilo, um, <clears throat> all your serums, all your skincare, she does all of that. But it's generally all about women's health. But we're also going to include um, stuff for teenage boys, for the mums that want to come and talk about that. Okay. And about men's health as well, because when working in hospitals, Brilliant. I know that 
as much as a lot of the time it's men that need the help. Trying to get them into a doctor's surgery oh. is an absolute nightmare. Yes. Particularly for women that want their men to have a vasectomy. Interesting, <laughs> okay. Want the snip, but not got the balls. They're knocked out of the cosmetic here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a tagline. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot easier than getting sterilised. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the thing absolutely. is, it's a lot, you know, the conventional open night is somebody standing and doing a big spiel. And people get bored. With a PowerPoint. And with a PowerPoint presentation. And people, you kind of lose the audience because it is, it's the same chat. This is not like that at all. This is just come, have a gap, girls' night, see how you, you know, answer your questions mm -hmm. and just make sure that you're yep. feeling a wee bit uplifted with your options. Uh -huh. a, better, yeah. a bit better informed. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, as I said, I could, I could speak to you guys for longer, <laughs> but I'm just so conscious of your time as well. But listen, that was brilliant, I think. Oh, I didn't mention the research and development phase. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. So, <clears throat> because we opened the, the hospital setting through in Edinburgh Park, we decided to do research and development days about patient experiences. Okay. So, we wanted pa patients to be able to access our minor ops procedures. Okay. Um, at an affordable price. Now, we're already doing the best price promise. Um, but so that we can test our patient flows and make sure yep. that patients are happy with the facility and everything else, which I'm sure they, they will be. But as it includes uh, blepharoplasty, so the upper upper eye bags, lower eye bags, rapid markers done, so if anyone wants to see what that looks like, there's a video diary on there somewhere. Okay. Um, lower blepharoplasties, <clears throat> prominent ear correction, which is if you've got ears that are kind of protruding a bit, a bit more. Okay. Ear lobe repair, so that nightmare when you've pulled your earring right down oh, um, that's included uh, scar revisions mole removals lumps bumps cysts yep. and surgery select surgeons all consultant surgeons and Serena's involved in that as well um, and it just gives you a wee bit of a saving on it as well so you th how can customers find out about that on your website? Uh, mm. No, it's not on the website. So, oh, so they would maybe nice chat to you. To to put out to. So obviously, mm, if you've okay, got your email yeah. there, if they send over an inquiry, it mm. is you know patient dependent. So of course we generally just then get in touch with the patient, yep. have a good chat, and then mm. take it from there. Really, that's brilliant. Okay, great. I know, and as I said to the, the girls at the beginning, you will have heard Haggis throughout this podcast. She is in every single GGC podcast. She just likes to make herself known, but you ladies were very gracious about it. We'd be disappointed if she wouldn't be known if she's done it for the I know. I, like, I want to hear what's going on in the cosmetic here podcast she's very well behaved oh, she's, she's hilarious listen thank you so much looking forward to what's coming up and I hope the listeners listening to this have just got the, the graph that I've got that you guys care about your patients patients first and it's such a bespoke package that you offer so I think it's brilliant thank you very much thank you very much for having us not at all and I'll speak to you soon girls speak soon <laughs>